be lifted up in our lives in the name of Jesus. I want to thank our DO and Mommy DO for this opportunity again to share God's word with his people. And I pray that the Lord will bless us together this morning in the name of Jesus. Can we please open our Bibles to the book of the Acts of Apostles? Acts of Apostles 2, 27. Acts of Apostles 27. Because of time, I'm going to read from selected verses. I will not read through. But I know that we are familiar with the story of when Paul was on his way to Rome. I start with verse 1. Acts 27, verse 1. And when it was determined that we should sail into Italy, they delivered Paul and certain other prisoners unto one named Julius, a centurion of Augustus' band. Verse 2. And entering to the ship of Adramatio, we launched, meaning to sail by the coast of Asia. One Aricastus a Macedonian of Thessalonica being with us. Verse 4. And when we are launched from tents, we sail under Cyprus because the winds were contrary. Verse 7. And when we had sailed slowly many days, and scarce we were come over against Sindios, the wind not suffering us, we sail under Crete over against Salmon. Eight, and hardly passing it, came to a place which is called the Fair Heavens, near whereunto was the city of Lassie. Nine, now, when much time was spent, and sailing was now dangerous, because the fast was now already past, Paul admonished them, verse 10, and said to them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only to the laden and ship, but also to our lives. 11. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. 12. And because the heaven was not commendious to winter in, the more part advised to depart also. If by any means they might attain to finish and dare to winter, which is a heaven of Crete and lie towards the southwest. And not east. I want to go to verse 27. Verse 27. But when the 14th night was come, as we were driven up and down in Adria, about midnight, the shipmen deemed that they drew near to some country. 
and sounded and found it twenty fathoms. And when they had gone a little further, they sounded again and found it fifteen fathoms. Then fearing lest we should have fallen upon the rocks, they cast four anchors out of the stern and wished for the day. And I want us to go to verse 34. Verse 34. Wherefore I pray unto you to take some meat, for this is for your health. Paul was talking here. For there shall not be a hair fall from the head of any one of you. And when he had spoken, he took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. 36, we are stopped. Then they were all of good share, and they also took some meat. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts in Jesus' name. I want us to pray. Our Father, we thank you again for another time to come to your presence. Wherever you gather your people, you are there to bless us. Thank you for this time again to hear from you. Holy Spirit, we turn over the word to you. You are the teacher. You are the instructor. You are the counselor. We ask that you will speak to every one of us this morning in the name of Jesus. For every word that comes, you have a purpose. We ask, Lord, for everyone seated here today, we shall not miss the purpose for this word in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. I ask that you back up your word with the spirit, and it will minister to every hearer in the name of Jesus. We stand in authority against every power of darkness. That will not allow your word to miss with faith in us or profit us. We say they shall not prosper in our midst in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, divine, we ask you breathe over this service. We ask that you breathe upon your word. We ask that you breathe upon your people. That will become life in the name of Jesus. Thank you because at the end your name will be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Praise the Lord. We are in the month of abiding, imbibing, rather, the covenant of peace. Imbibing the covenant of peace. Imbibing the covenant of peace. And I will say that it's normal for everyone to want peace. If you have ever experienced chaos before, you know the difference between being in a state of confusion or chaos and being at peace. So it is expected that everyone wants peace. Even our society wants peace. For the forthcoming election that was supposed to be held yesterday, everybody keeps saying, let us have peace. Let this election be peaceful. Let this expression be credible. Let it be fair. Because everyone lost peace. If I've ever experienced chaos before. Unfortunately, peace is not cheap. Peace do not come to only those who love peace. You can love peace from here to tomorrow, but there are things you need to do for you to have peace. Some of them have been mentioned when we are having our liberty prayers. 
I will just re-emphasize them again as we go on in this message. The atmosphere that we live in is not a peaceful one. The electronic media, the print media, the social media, the information they give us are not palatable information. Sometimes I choose for two, three days not to listen to any news because those news are not good news. They keep telling you. For the election that was postponed yesterday, if I ask us now, we have different versions of news that came to us for the reason why it was postponed. And you may be surprised, they may not be true. So our, our system is full of things that will cause dissensions, that will cause our heart to beat faster, that will cause us to be on the edge. So peace is not an easy thing. We know that the United Nations was formed to make peace in the world. But I can tell you, go to any continent, every effort they make to make peace, peace has not been. We are told that the United States is the police of the world. As much as they try in Afghanistan and Iraq to bring peace, peace is eluding that place. As much as our people in Nigeria try to bring peace to the northern part, to stop the killings, men and all kinds of killings, that's not been peace. So peace is not a, a something to come by easily. Peace is something that it needs to cost you something. And that's why this morning, our God helps us, we'll be looking at practical ways of imbibing the covenant of peace. Practical ways of imbibing the covenant of peace. And when we talk about imbibing, we are talking about how do you assimilate peace? How do you consume peace? How do you absorb peace? How do you partake in peace? So we want to look at this morning, the practical ways of how you can partake in this covenant of peace. The practical ways how you can consume this covenant of peace. The practical ways how you can absorb this covenant of peace. Because it's a thing that the literature has given us this year and it's something we need to partake in. It's something that we need to make our own. So God will help us to look at those practical ways of how we need to do that. And one important thing we are, we are going to look at this morning is what is used to find information. Some of us who are students of English language understand what is called the five W's and the how. The five W's and the how. When you ask such questions and you answer them, it helps you to gather information and solve problems. The how, the when, the where, the what, the where. They help you to gather information and to solve problems. When you ask yourself those questions, by the time you are answering them, you get a solution. So we are going to ask ourselves these questions this morning and start to find a way, practical way, of having peace, imbibing peace in our lives. And the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So we are going to look at what is the meaning of peace. We have said it in the beginning of this month. But I want us to refresh our mind and our spirit again. What is the meaning of peace? Who is your peace? Who is your peace? Who is my peace? Number three, where do we find peace? Where do we find peace? 
Number four, why is peace important? Why are we talking about peace? Who should be interested in peace? Why is peace important in our lives? Why is peace important? Number five, which is the final part, how to imbibe peace. How to assimilate peace into our lives. Praise the name of the Lord. It's normally said that when you don't understand the use of a product, abuse is inevitable. When you don't understand the use of a product, abuse is inevitable. Whatever you don't respect or give attention to, you don't attract into your life. So if you don't give attention to what peace is all about, to understand it, we may not know how to imbibe it. So the first question is, what is the meaning of peace? And I have a definition here. What is the meaning of peace? Peace is a deliberate state of psychological and spiritual calmness. Peace is a deliberate state, a deliberate state of psychological and spiritual calmness despite potentials of threat and stress around you. It's a deliberate state. When you get for peace, you make it a deliberate Peace does not just jump on you or you just meet it on the way. You is something you must do deliberately. So peace is a deliberate state of psychological and spiritual calmness despite potential presence of threats and stressors. It is believed that when we are in a state of peace, our mind performs better. When we are in a state of peace, our mind performs better. We take right decisions. We have positive outcomes. There is no one in a state of confusion that can make a right decision. You will always commit blunder when you are in a state of fear and anxiety. Paraventure somebody is about to hit someone and is a state of fear. He's not at peace. Instead of pressing the brake, what happens? He pressed the accelerator and even crushed the person more. Because in a state of anxiety and fear, you cannot make a sound judgment. You can't make a sound judgment. So this peace we are talking about is a deliberate state. And our psychological part is, out of, is part of it. When you talk about you're talking about your body, your emotions, your mind is in it. Then your spiritual state also is part of it. It's not only about your body, your spiritual calmness is also part of it. Despite the stress and threat that is present around us. And I pray the Lord's go to help us in the name of Jesus. What is threat, threat or stressor? You know, stress is when your mind is not addressed. And that's what is called stressor. I just want to mention to you what a stressor is. A stressor is anything that causes you to release stress hormones. And we are told by medical science, stress hormones is not good for our body. When somebody is, is angry and annoyed and is in a fight, and you give that person a big blow, 
he does not feel it. Why? Because the hormones have been released and that person cannot feel pain. You know, when we're on campus, you see these secret court boys who have either taken drugs or have become so angry in vengeance against the opposite club or the opposite party or the opposite society. And I was a young man when I was on campus. You know, there was a rehabilitation that was done against him. And this boy was stabbed at his back. And I could see the deep cuts. And blood was gushing out. And this boy was just pointing out and saying, can you see the way they stabbed me at the back? And I was wondering, is this person normal? I could see the deep cut. I could see blood gushing out. He, he was so hungry. He was full of anger that he could not feel that pain. He will feel it later. That was what stress caused. He could not feel that pain. Stress almost caused him not to feel pain. And they take away your judgment. The Lord's going to help us in the name of Jesus. I want to move very quickly. So stressor, I want us to understand this point. Stressor is anything that causes the release of stress hormones. And they are either physical, psychological, or social force that puts real or perceived demands on our body. They are psychological, they could be physical, they could be psychological, they could be emotional. They put real or perceived demands on our body, on our emotions, on our mind, and on our spirit. Stress does not only affect your body, it affects the total man. That's why I would tell us, do not worry for anything. It affects the total man. It affects your body, it affects your soul, it affects your spirit. So he affects you in every way. That's, that's why Jesus said, don't think about tomorrow. Don't bother yourself about tomorrow. And that will take me to the four types of stress that we experience in our day-to-day life. And none of us can run away from it. That's why we must claim and make our peace deliberate. Because there's nobody who is exempted from this stress if you are living in this world. The first is time stress. Time stress. This is experience when you are worried about time. What you have done or what you are here to do. A number of things that you are yet to accomplish. How many of us are not short of time? We wish we have more than 24 hours. So everybody has time stress. The second one is anticipatory stress. This you experience when you are thinking about the future. What's going to happen on the 23rd of February that this election has been fixed to? How will our economy survive when the dollar is increasing? How will I pay my children's school fees by the time it's fourth term? How will I do this? Anticipation. Talking about the future. Anticipatory stress. The third one is situational stress. This is stress you experience. Excuse me. This is stress you experience when you are in a scary situation. Something just happens to you suddenly. It's a situational stress. How many people had planned to wed next Saturday on the 23rd? And now election is fixed to the 23rd. The situational stress is something you cannot control. You have no control over it. And I was talking to somebody who says, one of our friends... Is going to get married on the 23rd. And this election has been filled for 23rd. And I said, what is going to happen? He said, the person has already decided that the wedding we hold on a Thursday. 
And as many who want to come, will come. Because it's going to take place on this Thursday. They cannot do anything about it. And I said, that is the way out. Some people who have their wedding on that day will be worrying about how it's going to happen. Either they should look for a place where they will close everybody up and sleep overnight. And they will be thinking about so many things that is unnecessary. And they begin to lose their peace. The final one is the encounter stress. This involves people around you. There are some people you don't like their face. You don't like their faces. You don't want to, you don't want to associate with them. Anytime they are in a meeting with you, you are on the edge. You encounter stress. You begin to fidget because the comment they will give or the conclusion they will give will negate whatever suggestion you have given. So in meetings, you are under situational stress. My brothers and sisters, is anyone among us who does not have this kind of stress? Who does not have time stress? Who does not have uh, situational stress? Who does not have anticipatory stress of the future? Who does not have a counter stress? Because you cannot like everybody. Either your place or what? You cannot like everybody's face. But in this state of stress, God expects us to deliberately keep our psychological mind and spiritual mind in calmness. Deliberate. Deliberate. And I pray the Lord is going to help us in the name of Jesus. Who is your peace? I want us to move very quickly. Who is your peace? Who is my peace? Let's go to the book of Isaiah 9. Isaiah 9. Who is your peace? Isaiah 9, verse 6. If you are there, please read for us. Isaiah 9, verse 6. Yes. Thank you. This was a prophecy given before Jesus was born by Isaiah. And one of the names I want us to pay attention to is that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Our peace is not guaranteed by what we have in our pocket. Our peace is not guaranteed by the economy of Nigeria. Jesus has been prophesied to be the prince of peace. He's the leader of peace. And if you, if you also look at Luke chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. Luke chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. He talks about also what Isaiah said here in Isaiah chapter 9. He said, for unto you... Is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You shall find a baby wrapped in a swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace. Glory to God in the eyes for the coming of the Messiah brought peace on earth. The coming of the Messiah brought peace on earth. So Jesus is the one who is our peace. Our peace is not found in one thing. Our peace is not found in the number of books we can read. 
Our fees is not found in yoga. A lot of Christians now practice what is called yoga. I don't know if you know about it. A state of mind, if you want to have peace, you will sit down, close your eyes, and go into a trance. And people say there's nothing wrong with it. They say you can find peace through yoga. But that is not where peace is. Our peace is in Jesus. Because the scripture says, when on earth Jesus was born, that was peace. And he's the prince of peace. He's the leader of peace. So our peace is not a feeling. Our peace is not a place. Our peace is a person. Praise the name of the Lord. Your peace is a person. My peace is a person. And that person is Jesus. And that's why we are doing our liberty prayers. We are saying, the first peace you are now need to get is to have peace with God. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to reconcile man back to himself so that they can have peace with God. When you have peace with God, then you can have peace in God. Then you can have peace in your life. But if you don't have peace with God, you don't have peace. Because peace is a person. Peace is a person. Just like the Holy Spirit is a person, peace is a person. So sometimes I wonder when we find ourselves, or two believers find ourselves in the same position, in the same condition. One is freaked out, and is afraid, and is almost fidgeting, and is shaking, he's sweating. And one is calm. Then you begin to wonder, what is the difference? Is the peace that that person recognizes, that Jesus, the peace is in me, so there's nothing that can move me. And Jesus told the disciples, he said, in this war, you will have tribulations. He will be of good share of overcome the world. He said, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Praise the name of the Lord. So if you have Jesus, the peace in you, why are you afraid? Why are you allowing stress and situation, time stress, and especially stress, encounter stress, to put you off the edge? When you have the Prince of Peace in you. I wonder if anybody who has ever had that name, the Prince of Peace. I was thinking of it. Who, who is a Prince of Peace? Maybe you need to go and do research on it. Who is a Prince of Peace? Is the Prince of Peace. Not just his only peace. He's a Prince of Peace. And that's the person who has in your life. Time will come for us to give opportunity for those who do not have Jesus in their life. And who are craving for peace, looking for peace everywhere. Looking for peace in, in material things. You cannot get peace in material things. Peace is only in Jesus. But it starts with having peace with God. And when you have peace with God, you confess your sins and he forgives you. Romans 5 verse 1. Romans 5 verse 1 says... Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Since we have been justified by faith, Romans 5 verse 1. Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Peace is only a person. And that's one of the things the Holy Ghost emphasizes in me. Peace is a person. Peace is a person. Peace is a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. The Lord will give us understanding in the name of Jesus. And every one of us have equal access to peace. For everyone wants to give their life to Christ. 
Jesus is not going to do anything else to save any life. The, the sacrifice he has paid on the cross of Calvary is sufficient for the whole wide world who wants to come to him. So as you have access to peace, I have access to peace. But how is your usage of peace? The prince of peace is in you. How do you commit him to take over your life? So the peace of God is you. You and I have the same access to peace. Then you wonder, why are you forgetting? The other Christian is not forgetting. Why are you worried? The other Christian is not worried. Because you both have the same access to peace. The same equal access to peace. The Bible says, when every man is born again, he gives us the same measure of faith. But you can decide to begin to develop your home. So maybe you need to develop your peace. You have the same equal access to peace that I have. So why are you worried? The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Where do we, where do we find peace? Where do we find peace? Can we go to the book of Matthew chapter 11? Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. And it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So, fashion says, Come to me, all you who are troubled. And I will give you peace. Where do we find our peace? In Jesus. In Jesus. Jesus says, come to me. Don't go anywhere else. You are labored, you are heavy laden, you are tired. Come to me. Don't go to anywhere. I am the one who will give you rest. When we are in a state of anxiety, because sometimes it comes. When trouble comes knocking our way, where do we go for our peace? Do we keep talking to people and say, I have this problem, I have that problem. How do we solve it? When we are in a state of distress, where do we go for our peace? Jesus said, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. Then I will give you rest. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest for your souls. 30. For my yoke is easy and my body is light. That Jesus talking to us there. The prince of peace. Where do you go for your peace, my brothers and sisters? When you are stretched beyond your measure. Where do we go for your peace? You will keep running etter scatter looking for peace where there is none. Looking for peace where there is none. Whereas the peace of peace has given you that authority. He says, Come to me. That's why at the end of this service, we are going to, we are going to ask everyone who is burdened with anything that is already making you to lose your sleep, is making your BP to go high, is making you to fidget. That you will come to this altar and come to Jesus and tell him, Jesus, you say, come to me. I'm coming to you. Take over this matter. 
and you lay it at his feet. And the Lord will take over the peace in your heart in the name of Jesus. So at the end of this service, if there's anything troubling you, you are financially, you are beginning to worry. Spiritually, over your children, over your health. He's taking sleep from you. He's making your body to go high. He's making you to, to, do, to make silly mistakes. Because you're in a state of confusion. He's making you to forget things you need to remember. You start to forget things. You wake up in the morning and go out and you forgot, I've, I've forgotten something I need to take along to me. You keep to forget things because that's what worry and stress does. You need to come to this altar and talk to Jesus because he said, come to me. And as we come to him, we know he will not disappoint us in the name of Jesus. Why is peace important in our lives? Very quickly. Why is peace important in our lives? We all know that. Why is peace important in our lives? I will not permit time, will not permit us to read the book of First Kings chapter 5, verse 3 to 5. The story about Solomon. When King David was in rule, we know that he had a lot of war to fight. And everything was in disorder. But Solomon was saying, I said, look, my father fought war. He was troubled. But now, God has given me peace and rest. Now I can prosper. We also say it most times and say that we need peace and order. We need peace and progress. They go together. Wherever there is peace, progress is inevitable. Wherever there is peace, order, right way of doing things, thinking right, taking right decisions is inevitable. So for you and I, we need peace in our life to make progress. We need peace in our life to take right decisions that give us to the right place. So we need peace. It's very important. No one can do without peace. The societies always want peace and order. And that's how we have all the security men. They are to maintain peace and order. They go together. Where there is peace, there is progress. So if you want to make progress this year, you must make peace paramount in your heart. Because in the course of this year, we'll be taking decisions. And we can't take decisions in a state of confusion, in a state of chaos. Look at people who have taken decisions in a state of chaos. They make a shipwreck of their faith and of whatever they are doing. But that will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. So we need peace to make right decision. We need peace to make progress. We need peace to succeed. We need peace to take, make sound judgments. And that's what happened in life of Solomon. It was a time of prosperity and peace for him. He succeeded. And he did well. And we all know the story about him. And the Lord will make us to succeed and do well in the name of Jesus. How to imbibe peace in our lives? The practical way of consuming, of absorbing, of partaking in this covenant of peace. And that's why we read the book of Hearts of Apostle 27. Time will not permit us to go through the story, but I'm sure we are familiar with that story. This was Paul, who had in, first, in, first, in chapter 26 was before Agrippa, if you know the story. And the Jews brought him that he had, he had blasphemed, he had done something against the law. And Agrippa was very familiar with the history of the Jews. And they brought it to him. And the purpose was to find him guilty and hang him or kill him, whatever it means. But in that place, Paul insisted and said, look, don't add me over to these people. 
the Jews. Because I've done nothing wrong against the law. And he appealed to Caesar. And said, I'm going to go to Caesar. And Agrippa said, because this man I appealed to Caesar, Caesar, he will go. So Paul in himself was not in a good state. It was something that was to determine whether I was going to live or going to die. So his journey to Rome was not on a courtesy call to go and see Caesar. It was not to go and buy merchandise. So Paul was in a state of distress. But in that state, he was still peaceful. Because he knew the Prince of Peace visit him. We need to also check our scriptures again to see that Jesus has promised us, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even to low to the end of the age. So he had that assurance. He had the peace, Jesus, with him. So he was not part of. And you know, the first thing you and I need to do to enjoy this covenant of peace, particularly is we need to be sensitive. He has been said over and over again, and we cannot keep, I mean, stop saying it. We need to be sensitive. Paul was very sensitive. Despite that, he was going on a journey that would determine either he's going to live or die. And we know that it was, it was Nero who, who said, who, who gave the judgment. Caesar gave the judgment that he should be killed. He saw Caesar and what gave the judgment was he could be killed. So, he, he was sensitive. If you look at verse 4, Paul was already seeing things that were pointing to that something's going to wrong. Something wants to disturb my peace. He says in verse 4, he said the winds were against us. The winds were against us. Verse 7, we made slow headway. For many days, and not difficulty. He said, the wind did not allow us to hold on to our course. Verse 8, he says, we move along the coast with difficulty. Verse 9 of that 27, he says, much time had been lost, and sailing had become dangerous. And in that verse 10, he gave that word. He must have been talking to God. I said, these are signs that something is going to go wrong. So, we need to be sensitive. One important thing that we need to know is that before things happen, God gives us a sign. It's only when we are not sensitive, we don't pay attention to it, that those signs slip us. But Paul, he made a record of this thing that was happening. It was not a very smooth journey. Something was going wrong. Wind was against us. Things were not going straight. The wind did not allow us to say what we want to say. Something is wrong. But we know that in that verse 10, they did not obey his instruction. So you and I, to enjoy this peace, let's be sensitive. In the place of prayer, let's pray and talk to God before we take any decision. Let's pray and pray and pray and pray again. To be sure that God is the one who is giving us this instruction on what to do. So it is important for you and I to know that God is ready and willing to lead us. But we need to be sensitive to him. And this year, he will lead us in the name of Jesus. We have no doubt about it that when he's leading us, he's leading us right. Because he's a good master. Jesus is what? He's a good master. He's always leading us in the right direction. So we should be attention to him. The second thing we need to do very quickly is be obedient to God's warning and instructions. Be obedient to God's warnings and instructions. In the course of the year, we will get instructions. Do this. I tell you, do it quickly. We will get instructions. Don't do this. 
then stay away from it, far away from it. Paul was giving instructions. And he said, this way is going to be, I perceive. Some father say, I see. I perceive, I see that this voyage will end in disaster. But they did not listen to him. If he was poor alone, he would have listened and would not go on that journey. But it was not him alone. So they went on that plea and they suffered everything that Paul said they were going to suffer. And one thing that God lays in my heart here is, God will never give peace where his presence is not permitted. God will never give peace where his presence is not permitted. God will never give peace where his presence is not permitted. God will never give peace where his presence is not permitted. If you are going in the course of this year, my brothers and sisters, to enjoy and partake in this covenant peace, we must take the presence of God with us. If the presence of God is not there, you can't talk about God there. You can't say you are a Christian there. It's not a place for you to go. Because God's peace will not be there with you. Where the presence of God is not permitted, God's peace is not there. Because it is his presence that brings peace. That's how Paul was able to say, I gave you a warning when it happened. You did not listen to me. But an angel of God has spoken to me that don't worry, none of you will be lost. Be of good cheer. You know, be courageous. And he encouraged them. So we need to be obedient to God's words and instructions. We need to be positive. We need to be positive. Paul was very positive. We need to be positive. A positive attitude makes you to remain optimistic even in uncertain times. Paul was very optimistic. He said, I believe God's word that as he has said that none of us will die, so it will be. There were 276 people. 276 people. And because of one man. And he said, I believe God's word as he says it's going to be, so it will be. No one will be lost. No one will be lost. Be positive. Believe God's word, even in the midst of storm. In the midst of that storm, Paul could still hear God. An angel of God could still appear to him. In the midst of that storm, believe God's word. Don't say, how can God be speaking to me in this storm? He should first clear this storm before he says to me. But God sees ahead. Because he has, you have passed through the storm. And he's giving a word that will take you through the storm. And take you to the desired place. And the Lord will take us to our desired hand this year in the name of Jesus. Finally. Paul in this voyage was also an instrument of peace. My brothers and sisters, in enjoying the covenant of peace, one of the practical ways is that be an instrument of peace. It was said during our liberty prayers, follow peace with all men, without wish. No man can see the Lord. Be an instrument of peace within your environment. Paul at that point was an instrument of peace. He had every reason to be dejected. He was going to be killed. He was going for to, 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 uh, to Rome to see Caesar. But he was an instrument of peace. He was an instrument of peace. 
He advised them. He encouraged them. Eat. And he showed the example. He broke bread and blessed it and ate before them. I would say, they became of good share. They were happy. You know, and this song came to my mind. And I know maybe you will know it. That this song that says, Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Make me an instrument of their peace. I want us to look at the wordings. Then we bring this message to a close. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. He says, where there is hatred, let me sow what? And I want to hear you this time. Where did I say, let me sow what? Where there is injury? Where there is doubt? Where there is despair? Where there is darkness? Where there is sadness? Then it says, Oh, divine master, grant that I may not so much seek to be what? As to what? Then to be understood. Then to be loved. He said, I don't want to be so much consumed that I'm not loved. When people say, I'm not loved. Then you say, have you loved anyone? I'm not loved. I'm misunderstood. But do you understand people? They, nobody has consoled me. Nobody has encouraged me. Can you not be a, to be, be a son of consolation to others? An instrument of peace. Then he says, for it is in giving that we do what? It is in pardoning that we are what? And it is in dying that we are what? God wants above all that you and I will be an instrument of peace. In enjoying peace, God has planned for us. But let's go beyond just having it for ourselves and go a step further to be an instrument of peace. That you go again and look at this song. That where there is hatred, people are hatred, you soul off. Where there is injury, you give pardon. Where there is doubt, you give faith. And these things what what Paul did on that voyage. That's why they did not listen to his instructions, his advice. There was so much darkness, he gave light. The men were encouraged. After two weeks of not eating, I wonder how they survived. They did not eat anything. Until Paul said, eat! Before they could eat. They were good. He was a. It was an instrument of. It was an instrument of encouragement. Don't be too concerned that people don't understand you. People don't understand me. They misunderstand what I say. Why don't you focus on understanding others? Somebody says it does. It doesn't. It's not matter to me how people treat me, but how I treat others is more important. People can treat me the way they like, but how I treat others is more important to me. In conclusion. The Bible told us that blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be what? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be what? The sons of God. Are you a son of God? Are you a son of God? Does your profession show you to be an instrument of peace? The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. Let's ask upon our feet. If you are here this morning, you have not taken that first step of being at peace with God. Peace is a person. Peace is a person. In the Old Testament, God was talking to them, and my covenant of peace, I will not remove. 
But when that peace came, he came as a person. He came as Jesus Christ. If I hear this morning, you have not accepted Jesus. You have not made peace with God. Then you can't have peace. Sorry. You can't have peace. Because peace is a person. It's in you. So if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, you cannot have peace. It's not a cause. You can't have peace. Because Jesus is the Prince of Peace. So I want to give you the opportunity this morning. I want to say I want to give my life to Christ. I want to reconcile with God. I want to have peace with God. So that peace starts to stay in me. Then raise up your hand. Let's have everyone else close our eyes, please. If you want to give your life to Jesus and say, I want peace of God. I want to reconcile with God. Jesus, through Jesus Christ. I want to reconcile our peace with God. Through Jesus Christ. That's what he came to do. Is anyone who wants to do that this morning? Very quickly. You want to say, I want to reconcile with God. And to have peace with God. Who, through Jesus Christ. Romans 5.1 says it. That Jesus Christ came to reconcile us. Therefore, we have peace with God. Is anyone? No one. The next uh, call I want us to do is if you are everybody... There's something troubling your heart. You cannot sleep at night. You find it difficult to sleep. You are worried. They say your heart pressure is increasing. Is it an health issue? Is it a financial issue? And Jesus said, come to me. You have a free call. Come to me. If I hear this morning, I want you to come to this altar and talk to the Lord. Lord, I come to you. This is too heavy for me to carry. Lord Jesus, I come to you. I bring it to you. I bring it to your altar. You say, come to me. I come to you. I can't carry it alone. Jesus, you are the peace. I drop it for you. Take it over. Come to this altar and talk to Jesus. He said, come to me. Not to anybody else. Come to me. You, who are heavy laden. Come to me. It's Jesus you are coming to. He's the one that called you to come. And when you come, he's under obligation to answer you. Just drop it at his feet. Drop it at this altar. Jesus, I'm dropping this body for you. You have to take it over. I cannot lose my sleep. I cannot lose my peace. I cannot lose my health because of this. I'm dropping it for you. You take it over. Lord Jesus, you take it over. I'm dropping it for you. You take it over. Talk to Jesus. Is he hearing you? Talk to Jesus. Is he hearing you? Drop it to him. He's the one that says it. It's not too heavy for him to carry. He said, come to me, you who are heavy. Every lady, and bodied, and high, Jesus will give you rest. High, Jesus, yes, is his promise. Drop it for Jesus, yeah. Don't take it away. Drop it to Jesus. Drop it for him. Drop it for him. He's capable, more than enough to carry it. That's why he, he gave us that call. Drop it to Jesus. Drop that burden to him. Don't let it disturb your peace. Don't let it deny you of your peace. Because in that stage, you cannot make progress. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it. Drop it to Jesus. Drop it to Jesus. This is an opportunity for you. Drop it to him. He will carry it. He has promised. He will carry it. He cannot fail. His word cannot fail. His word are here and amen. He cannot deny himself. So he cannot deny us. He has to carry this body from us. We cannot carry it. That's how we have him in our life. It's our peace. Lord Jesus, carry this body in a way. I'm dropping it at you. Let peace from heaven flood my heart. And our dad is going to pray for you. Just drop it. Drop that body. Drop it. Don't take it away.
got a river which seemed quite uncrossable. Got any mountain you can toll nail through. God specializes in things impossible. And he can do what no other powers can do. God and a river which seemed quite uncrossable. God and a mountain you can tunnel through. God specializes in things impossible. And he can do what no other powers can do. Father, I present your people before you on this altar this morning. There are rivers we seemed uncrossable. There are tunnels that seem they cannot tunnel through. Lord, the Bible says with our God all things are possible. There is no impossibility with you. I ask that as they pour their hearts to you on this altar, that you make a way for these ones in the name of Jesus. Whatever may be the challenge, we come against it by the authority that's in the name of Jesus. Make a way for your people in the name of Jesus. Make a way for your people in the name of Jesus. For those that desire your favor, I ask that favor will locate you in the name of Jesus. For those that need a voice to speak on their behalf, I ask that God will raise up a voice to speak on your behalf in the name of Jesus. I address every matrimonial issue that is on this altar. Let solution appear in the name of Jesus. I pray for that family that their son is giving them problem and is a burden in the heart. I ask that Lord, you will speak to the heart of that son in the name of Jesus. For every problem that is represented here on this altar, by the authority that's in the name of Jesus, let there be solution. Let there be solution. Let there be solution. Let there be solution. What no other powers can do, Lord, I ask you do for these ones in the name of Jesus. You alone will take the glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed.